Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroesfilm.com to get tickets now. Now we're joined by Hall of Fame finalist, my former teammate, man who is uh, just, you, you've seen him great on the Pivot podcast and so many other things, Mr. Fred Taylor. Fred, thanks for coming on the show, man. My pleasure, G, man. Thanks for having me, bro. Hey, man, doing big things. Keep it up. I saw the interview with Reggie. That was tough. I've always been a fan of Reggie, man. Two Cali boys linking up. I'm sure it was even more special. Uh but I appreciate you having me. Thanks. Yeah, man, I'm excited. Um, so you just found out that you were a Hall of Fame finalist after a couple times making it as a semifinalist. Like, what was that moment like for you when you found out? You know, um, this is this is sort of uh, aside from being enshrined in Canton as a, uh, Canton as a uh, as a finalist. I mean, as a Hall of Famer. Uh, being a finalist is obviously the next best thing because you have an opportunity to go in the room. It's what they call getting in the room. When you're final 15, it's considered getting in the room. And at that moment, you have a real opportunity to have your case heard. Um, Jacksonville was a small market. So for me, uh, when, when I heard that I was a finalist for the first time in, what, five years, I think I was a semifinalist, yeah. I was like, man, this is... It, it was a surreal moment. I was excited and very elated, but at the same time, you know, I didn't want to get overly excited because I understand the process. Yeah, You know, I understand the process. If you're not a first ballot, it's a lot of campaigning. It's a lot of let me, you know, uh, let, let them hear your case. And at that moment, so many guys are deserving. When you look at that list, you will say, man, he was great. Oh, wow, he was great. You know, and then you look at yourself and say, I was just as good. 
Uh, so I think everybody on that final 15 list is deserving, but um, it's, it's all in the voters' hands. The selectors, you know, they, they have an opportunity to kind of sort through, pick their guys and, and whoever they push through, you know, they, they're um, enshrined in, in Canton uh, for eternity. My last vote was my last game in 2010. <laughs> which wasn't a, a <laughs> yeah. like I didn't do much convincing then, you know, my sweet spot was before I got to New England when I was in Jacksonville, 2007, eight was my last time to really say, look, I think I'm a hall of famer, but it's, it's out of my hand. It's in their hands. So we'll see what happens. So what was it like the other years when you were a semifinalist and didn't make it and you found out like, man, I didn't make the finals? Was it disappointing? Because on some level, you're we're built to not care about what other people think and all of this. But then was it a part of you that said, listen, I deserve here and a little bit of disappointment? You know, um, I think earlier on I had that I deserve to be here attitude. But as I just mentioned, when you sort out the, the the final 15 in that list, so many amazing players. I mean, a ton of amazing players. You know, if you talk about Antonio Gates, you're going to say, oh, wow. Talk about Julius Peppers, first, first time on that list, you're going to say, man. You know, then you go into Reggie Wayne, uh, Torrey Hope, uh, Andre Johnson. You know, you talk about uh, Jared Allen, you know, um, Dwight Freeney. Uh, so, I mean, that's just the name of few, but when you mention those guys, you go, wow, all these guys are hall of famers. They all had Patrick Willis hall of fame careers. Yeah. And, uh, I think earlier on I had that, I deserve it attitude. And that was only because, uh, I felt that I wasn't getting the credit that, um, you know, sort of came with my play and I retired 15th all time in the history of the NFL at the running back position. And if you look at the dynamics of team makeup, that position itself, teams usually carry three running backs on a roster. And they've been doing that for well over, let's just say 50 years on the short end. So if you say 32 teams at three running backs on the roster, you know, that's almost a hundred running backs. Let's round up for easy math, a hundred running backs over 50 years put the zero on there that, you know, you see, you see that's how a lot many of running, running backs, backs, bro. That's a lot of running backs. And I finished 15th all time. We're not talking about the hundred years that the game has existed um, with, you know, other, other stuff that goes on with it. So yeah, I was a bit disappointed earlier on, but now that I understand the process, I understand only five guys get in every year. There's a backlog of guys. Um, I still believe that I have a, a valid argument and that's what's more important for me now at this point is for them to, uh, uh, my presenter to get in front of the selection committee and present my case, which I think I have an amazing case um, and that they are receptive of what they hear and that they um, realize that, well, this guy played in a small market and an expansion team he was that team, you know, when the only other Hall of Famer, which was Tony Buscelli, who just went in, when he was just inducted, after he left, his numbers got better. You know, yeah. so small things like that, I think those things matter, regardless of the lack of Pro Bowls, because that's going to be 
part of the conversation. Yeah, it's a popularity contest. It's so, always been a popularity contest. Um, it's never been a situation where uh, the voting was done at the very end of the year. They were cut off. They were cut the voting at like week 12, week 12 yep. or 13. Now you have three or four more games, and they're telling you you're supposed to ascend at the end of the season, especially in the run game. And if you look at my December statistics over the course of my career, everything went like that. So yeah. that was sort of kind of unfair to me on the back end. But it is what it is. That's the argument. If you look at today's game, Evan Ingram, for example, had 115 close to 115 receptions almost broke the the uh, uh nfl tight end uh uh reception mark he didn't get invited to the pro bowl this year you look at Amon st brown in, in in detroit had a phenomenal season uh they invited puka instead of st brown because see, how, la is a bigger that, market you think, how fred how much of that do you think is based upon market because i remember when i when i left jacksonville and then went up to new york the giants and i was like oh wow it's different up here in terms of the media how much it seems like people care about it because in jacksonville they just got a team and there right. weren't built-in fans because if because if you remember when we would play the steelers the cowboys anything like that there was more of those fans in the stands than there were jaguars fans i, I can give you one one better if 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 just the average person goes out to Oxnard for training camp and watch the Dallas Cowboys and see that they have a thousand, two, three thousand people at their training camp practices. And this yeah. isn't their home base per se. This is their fan base. Yeah. They dominate California. I went to the Rams versus uh no, the Chargers versus Cowboys this year at, at SoFi, for example. This is just another example. Uh Cowboys had more fans at a home game than the Chargers. That was so embarrassing, right? Uh, but that's their fan base. And yep. to, to answer your question, you talk about the Giants. You know, I, for years, outrushed a lot of running. Tiki had maybe two or three amazing years. And I'm not knocking Tiki's career. I'm talking about um, consistency over the course of your career. Yeah. Those times when they didn't have uh, great careers, you take a Brandon Jacobs, for example, he rushed for 700 yards in New York. That would have to be equivalent to 1,200 yards in Jacksonville. And I'm not talking about sponsorship opportunities. I'm talking about how they weigh yardage. He's going to get more pub and consideration for 700 yards rushing than I would get for 1,200 yards rushing in Jacksonville. New York has a the number one sports market, very dominant. Uh, you talk about Los Angeles. You talk about Dallas. You talk about Philly. You talk yep. about Atlanta. All these Miami. These places are sexy. They're attra attractive. They're beautiful cities. They're just extremely marketable. Jacksonville, not so much. Winning changes that. Uh, the population changes that. The businesses, the local businesses, all of that change it. But it's going to be a while before that happens in Jacksonville. Um, and throughout my career, the timing of it, it was just unfortunate, uh, you know, with the addition of social media, all that stuff, these guys are a little bit more marketable, but they still have, they still have a long way to go. Yeah. Um, all right. I'm going to say a name to you and you tell me what the first thing that comes to your mind is. Go for it. Trevor Mawad. 
beautiful. Uh, he's a beautiful human being. Um, I miss him. Uh, he changed my career. He turned my career around. Uh, I did not trust the Jaguars when they decided to hire a sports psychiatrist for me because they thought I was losing confidence in myself because of the injuries that I had. I was never losing confidence. I, um, I think I ended up, um, it wasn't losing confidence. I think what I could call it is I was overly frustrated because I was, I knew that I was a, a much better player than what I was doing statistically and what I was able to do to help the team. So with that, uh, when they brought Trevor in, I was like, nah, I'm not doing this. Like the team hired you. I'm not, I'm not doing this. Like I can't open yeah. up. I don't, I don't trust you. But after a couple weeks of, you know, Trevor coming in, telling me his life story, his journey, his bouts with cancer, you know, his father's bouts with cancer, um, you know, he, he earned my trust and we developed a friendship a relationship that sort of skyrocketed. And in turn, my, my career got back on track and skyrocketed. I had a, a, a four year window where I didn't miss a single game. And that was due to a lot of the practices that, you know, Trevor and I would, would have and the messages and just the approach, uh, how to approach the game with all positivity. Um, we used a little algebra where you can turn negatives into positives, you know, uh, two negatives equal positive. Uh, so he would say, Fred, there's your double negative. Something good got to come of it, out of it. And so we started to develop that mindset uh, and approach to all things. And Trevor taught me a lot. Um, I missed the hell out of Trevor. He, he worked a lot with Russ, with Russell Wilson. Yeah. And he actually helped Russell's career. And I believe, I sincerely believe that if Trevor was still here today, a lot of the struggles that Russ was going through uh, when he had first got to Denver a year ago, not this year, Trevor, I mean, Russ was on his way to having a, a pretty fairly decent season yeah. until the crazy stuff happened. But a year ago when he was going through his struggles, the inflated expectations that everyone kind of put on him, certainly in the Denver fan base, uh, that was a lot to handle for anyone, right? But I yeah, think if Trevor I, I don't was think here, that people really knew how close or what the relationship was with him and Trevor because it was amazing. Yeah, I mean, Trevor, Trevor is the guy that reminds you that it takes what it takes. You know, that's his book. It, it takes what it takes. Like whatever it is, is what you need to do to get it done. You know, if this is what it takes, that's just, it, it is simple. It is simple. If it takes you rearranging and change your mindset, learning how to develop tools in order for you to be a better, a more progressive person, that's what it takes. That's what you got to do. Yeah. You got to go and sort out any and everything to make your journey on this earth better. And um, really it's just developing a mindset to um, uh, never quit. It takes yeah, what it I takes. Remember, like, don't ever quit. It's, yeah, and that's cliche, but I, go I, get I remember it. how you I got to, go to meet Trevor was because of you. You were watching a video before one of the games. I was like, where the hell did you get this from? And then you were, and you said from Trevor. So I started seeing yeah. Trevor because you started seeing Trevor. Yeah. And 
that was crazy, like how big of an impact that he had on me. And I didn't even see him as much as you saw. Him. Right. And so right. I, I couldn't wait. No, go. I couldn't wait until our um, our weekly meetings. I got to the point where I wanted to see Trev, you know, twice a week. And uh, those videos you talk about, I still share that with high schoolers, with um, professional college and professional guys. When I go and speak to uh, college, I mean, when I speak to businesses, I share that with their employees because there's nothing better than understanding your past successes. Your past successes will uh, invigorate your mindset or remind you and invigorate your mindset to believe that, look, I've done this before, I could do it again. You know, that person, when he would loop in Michael Jordan, Muhammad Ali, Tiger Woods, and just to hear their quotes, it does a certain thing to you. So I sort of share that with um, all the businesses uh, that I speak to, uh, employees, um, kids that are in uh, distressed communities, kids that are in, um, uh, uh, that have been in jail. Like I share with everyone because you have to understand that past or former successes will give you an opportunity to re-engage with those and then push yourself or propel yourself forward. Yeah, and what, so you, you've been a player that was obviously criticized by the media, but also, but there was a lot of praise too. And I remember when I first got drafted to Jackson. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. There was an article that came out and and it said Fragile Fred. And I was like, <laughs> damn, that's messed up. Like, why, why would you say this? And right. so w- what was that like to be, you know, a first round pick, highly sought after, all of this stuff to then to that point where you had a bunch of injuries and then you have the local media writing articles that's just I mean, you know, when you're the butt of jokes. But, you know, at at that particular moment, um, I I would say when it came out that there was some truth to it. But um, a guy who I love to death and we have an amazing understanding and a great relationship, Coach Coughlin, Tom Coughlin. um, We've had so many conversations since that moment. We um, so let me let me let me um, break down the moment what led to it. It was my uh, third season. I tore my groin off the bone. I just ripped it completely off the bone in the middle of the game. And for perspective uh, and, 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 and visuals, if you have a groin injury, if anybody's out there that's watching has ever had a groin injury or some type of muscle injury, specifically for groins, if you have chronic groin, they clip it off the bone. The procedure is to clip it off the bone under anesthesia and surgery. I did that on the field, minus anesthesia. So you're talking about pain, the worst stuff I ever felt in my entire life. So with that, um, I go into the training room. The reports from the training room back to the coach is he has a groin injury. They didn't go into, he tore the, the, the muscle off the bone. So after two weeks, three weeks, I went and got an MRI. For those three weeks or the first five days, I couldn't walk. I was on crutches. So I got an MRI and it came back that I tore the bone from the adductor uh, off the groin. So still, because I was one of the best, well, I was the best player on the team at that point in time. They decided not to put me on injured reserve because they needed me. Um, Time had passed. The media would start asking questions. Where's Taylor? Where's Taylor? Groin shouldn't take that long. Coach Coughlin at the time, he he had such this general, uh, um, like army general mindset that he was like, got to tough it out, son. You got to do this. You can't make the club in the tub. Ain't no space in the training room. Get out of the training training room. You have soft tissue injuries. Those should never exist. Those are the more tricky injuries. Yep. Like if we're being real, hamstring, growing, any soft tissue injuries or the more tricky injuries because you just never know. The NFL is about explosiveness, fast, fast twitch. You need, you need muscles for fast twitch and explosion. So, excuse me. Uh, Coach Coughlin didn't come to my defense. The media started their agenda, which was this kid is soft. He's fragile. He can't get 
he can't return from a simple groin injury. Uh, and later it was discovered that uh, I had a, I had torn my groin off the bone, which would eventually uh, end a lot of guys' career. Arian Foster, yeah, for example, that sort of shut his career down. Uh, but I, I fought back from it. Uh, it scarred down. And the next year, I came back and I think I had somewhere close to geez, almost 14, 1,500 yards a game. Uh, and another thing, because we didn't have a big market there, I did not win comeback player of the year because of the lack of market size, et cetera. But uh, the numbers I put up were better than any other player in the NFL. So I kind of got the short end of the stick um, on several occasions. My rookie year, I feel that I should have won rookie of the year that year. Uh, I had more touchdowns uh, and more yardage than Randy Moss. Randy got 94% of the votes. Peyton Manning and myself, we got 6%. We shared the other 6%. And not to knock Randy's career, Randy... (laughs) Randy was phenomenal. Yeah. Randy had 1,313 yards receiving. I had 1,600 yards, almost 1,700 total yards. We both had 17 total touchdowns. Uh, but I had, you know, 1,200 yards um, rushing and another 400 and something yards receiving, about 50 catches. Um, I don't know why. And I played 15 games. He played 16. I don't know why I didn't win rookie, rookie of the year, but I digress. I or just chunk it in with the, or at least the you know, timing is everything and yeah. doing things against certain teams you do it against is big. I think that's their argument. Randy in prime time against Green Bay and Dallas, he had two phenomenal games, like yeah, monster man. games. And that catapulted Randy, you know, into um, uh, the leader of the rookie of the year in 98. Whereas statistically, I had the best numbers. But they're looking at, okay, so who did he play? And at the same time, I played the Steelers twice a year. I played the Ravens twice a year. And I played the Titans twice a year. From 98 to 2005, maybe 2007 or so, we probably had three, at least three Super Bowls from those teams that I just named, or at least Super Bowl appearances. The Titans in 99, the Ravens in 2000, and the Steelers wrapped around somewhere in there. Um, I know they went in 2009-10, but I believe they went prior to that as well. Yeah. Um, you tweeted out recently, and let me let me read you exactly what the tweet is. It says, the majority of running backs in this era lack vision. Don't get me wrong. They have lots of talent, but without vision, talent doesn't exist. They're just running against they're just running in darkness against loosely played, spaced out defenses. Right. What what caused you to tweet that and what do you expound on that a little bit? Yeah, just over uh, you know, I'm a fan of the game, certainly the running back position. Um, and I critique, I try not to overly critique because I learn you know, from some amazing coaches uh, that you have to let runners be runners. And if you have a bad cut, those things happen. You know, I think that tweet sort of stemmed from a lot of my frustrations and seeing a lot of these young running backs just, they miss tons of cuts and they run into the back of their linemen. And in today's game, it's a certainly a passing NFL more so than what we played, uh, where it was always run first. 
that was the foundation of the game. Yeah. And I'm not one of those old heads or OGs who, you know, sort of get cranky about the rules changes. I believe in evolution. You know, I, I believe in business model and the NFL being a business and capitalizing on that model where with a few uh, rules changes and a few tweaks here and there, uh, we got more scoring. It's more excited for the fans. It somewhat looks like the college game in a, in a sense, high scoring. When we played a, a blowout was 25 to 10. Yeah. Now teams are scoring 40, 50 points. Like it's ridiculous. Um, but these young runners, um, there are a few who are amazing. But are like they? I said, the, give, give us a couple names that, that Fred Taylor. Christian McCaffrey, he's he's a man. He, he makes all of the coach cut he's so fundamentally sound in every aspect of the position he's amazing he blocks well he catches well he runs routes well he protects the ball and he makes the right cuts uh saquon barkley is another who can do all those things uh i like the young kid in, in indy who reminds me a little bit of myself jonathan taylor i like to see that 28 running down the field with the last name taylor on the back of the jersey against every team except the Jags. So uh, uh, I like uh, Derrick Henry. He's still a monster, as he showed the last week of the season against our former team, the Jags. Um, I like Jameer Gibbs up in, in, in Detroit. You know, I told people during the draft, we had an opportunity to talk about our best, our favorite backs. I told people that the kid would come around, oh, he's too small. That boy, nice. He, He's dynamic. He is an amazing running back. Uh, Bijan Robinson. He reminds me of a Saquon in a in a Jones Drew body. Yeah. Um, he is such a good running back and an amazing threat. And I'm a fan of a lot of guys out there. Uh, A-chan down here in Miami uh, with the 28. Obviously, you know, I love those guys that were in Rock 28. But there are a lot of guys out there who uh, lack vision. They lack patience. They lack tempo. They lack, um, you know, just really the, the the foundation of the position. Um, and I don't know if that's because of coaching, because I had to learn a lot of stuff. Like I had all the natural gifts, but I still too had to learn uh, tempo. Coach Kennedy Pola, he worked well with me. And sometimes yeah. I wish I had Coach Pola earlier in my career, uh, because at that point when I got Coach Pola, he was able to slow things down for me and share so many nuggets on run game, eight man spacing, uh, how yeah, to that, sort of cut off, you know, certain sides that are filled, know which guys have to be in which lanes and all that stuff. Um, Gerald Ingram uh, was another running backs coach I had earlier in my career who, who taught me a lot how to just <clears throat> trust my eyes, you know, and, and go and run instinctively. And in the middle, was uh, uh, Coach Lynn, uh, who's now, uh, uh, he's been a head coach, a coordinator, all those beautiful things. Coach Lynn is, you know, he knows his stuff. So I've had three really good running backs coach. Well, Ivan Fears is in New England. He caught me on the back end. But uh, I've had some really good running backs coaches. Uh, but to explain my tweet, I was being hard on the guys. When I see them running in the back of guys are not making cuts, you know, it gets a bit frustrating. I want to see them do better. I root for all the running backs. So it's not a knock on them. It's just that I want them to go the distance each and every time they touch the ball because 
I had that ability. Um, I don't know. Uh, maybe hey, I can man, work with everybody. There are few make the double jump cut and make two and make four <laughs> defenders fall, man. <laughs> and then strike that is, and that then, is, that then is run something. four three past everybody. Yeah, no, that's, um, uh, man, uh, for, for a while, George, man, I didn't know, um, I didn't know the, 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 the gift that God had given me. I was just happy to be out there playing ball for a while. I didn't realize the amount of fear that I struck in the defenses and the ability that uh, God had given me. I would just show up. But when it married up and I started to realize, like, all right, you're different. Like, you're, you're, you're different. Like, you're not like, like that back or that back. You're better than them, and you're nowhere like them. Like, you're different. You're bigger than them. You're faster than them your moves are better than theirs uh you know you can block better than them like you're really the total package when i started to understand that part of it um i started to approach the game differently but it took a while to get there honestly but once i got there i was like all right let me go and dominate like this let me go and dominate and i started to carry myself that way still humble but realizing that i was um still you know something to reckon with all right um <laughs> all right uh and uh fred i got uh i was just gonna tell you i got two witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 infinity qx80 Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right don't miss it mark your calendars and be the first to see it march 20th at 7 p.m eastern only on iHeartRadio's youtube channel save the date at new-qx80.com 2025 qx80 coming this summer discover betmgm the betting app sports fans in the capital region turn to for non-stop action all winter long take the excitement of football basketball and hockey to the next level with same game parlays exclusive signature bets odds boost promos and much more plus now you can sign in place bets and manage your cash balance under the same betmgm account in dc maryland and virginia with the same username and password throughout the dmv it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks download the betmgm app today BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as 
an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of MagicalNegrosFilm.com to get tickets now. Two more questions, and then there's a yeah. quick segment, the uh, right, the rights or wrong segment. So, I'll, um, all right, all right, here we go. <clears throat> All right, Fred, I'm going to give you one more name and tell me what you think about this name. <laughs> Jack Del Rio. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I, that was uh, my immediate, re- if somebody asked me that, that would be my immediate reaction. I'd be like, I okay, think, uh, how am I going to address this? Yeah, I mean, because, you know, Jack, I learned a lot from Jack. You know, I, I learned a lot of life from from Jack. I learned a lot about football. Uh, from Jack. I, I think uh, earlier I spoke about Coach Coughlin yeah. and our relationship. Things weren't always beautiful earlier in my career. Coach Coughlin was tough as hell. Like he is tough. Like he had a, that, that, and I know it's life or death when I say military, but he had a military mindset. Coming from college to the pros, everything was like this, boom, 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 boom. So structured and black and white. It was so black and white. And for young players, you're like, this is crazy. We almost had three of days in Jacksonville, but yes. to go forward. So we had Coach Coughlin, then you enter Jack Del Rio, who was hired mostly because of um, the fan base. The Weavers hired Jack, I simply think, because the fan base wanted a player-friendly coach. They wanted somebody who wasn't as hard as Coach Coughlin. They wanted a former player, uh, a coach who can relate to the guys, uh, and a coach who had been on a winning team, and that was Jack Del Rio. He was on the um, the Ravens defensive staff, you know, there. Yeah, 2000. Um, yeah, in 2000. And then they plucked him from, I believe, Carolina uh, after that. So Jack wasn't an awful coach. Like he wasn't an awful coach. He was a young head coach. So he did things sort of, um, you know, uh, like what a young young head coach would do, I think. Uh, but a young, um, arrogant head coach. We have some young head coaches who aren't, who aren't arrogant. I think that's where the game is shifting to with a lot of young head coaches. But Jack was arrogant, um, but he wasn't a bad head coach. It was just that, he had a lot of gray areas. And See, that's, the, that's the best way to say it, Fred, because that, that is the best way to say it. It was a lot of gray areas. It, it yeah. was a ton of gray areas because going back to Coach Coughlin, and I can tell you after this, I'll tell you the reason why I say that. But going back to Coach Coughlin, black and white, you knew if you were late any day of the week, the entire year, if you're late, I'm finding you the late amount. It's no, all right, come on in here next time, whatever. You know, if you wore something out of, uh, that you shouldn't have worn on the plane, uh, if it wasn't um, business casual or within the rules, he would find you accordingly. Everything with Coach Coughlin was, was black or white, no matter what it was. If you didn't like it, so what? It was black and wh- black or white. I just recently heard a quote by Joe Dumars that Desmond Howard shared on the pivot with us. He said, you've never, you'll never meet a superstar who's been coddled to greatness. That struck a nerve with me. 
Yep. Because that's all Coach Coughlin was trying to do. He didn't coddle anyone. It was always black and white. Fast forward past Del Rio to Bill Belichick, those two years, and I'm just sitting in the meeting rooms like this, George. Yeah. I'm like, wow. <laughs> so it made me think about it was all black and white. So it yep. made me think about what Co Coach Coughlin was trying to say. So I saw Coach Coughlin after a preseason game. I ran up to him. I said, Coach, I get it. I understand what you're trying to say. I understand what you were trying to say back then. I love you. Hopefully we can talk again later. I saw him in that offseason in, in Indy at the Combine. We we passed each other in the hotel. He was coming from scouting. And um, we sat in front of the elevator. 200 people passed us going up and down the elevator. We, we talked for an hour outside the elevator, wow. just about life, football, about that conversation, the black and the white, the game, what he was trying to do. I was like, wow. And I think we fell in man love. I fell in love with Coach then. And now that's our relationship. Now, going back to Jack Del Rio, who was in the middle, when I said Jack taught me a lot, Jack taught me that I always needed Coach Coughlin and Coach Belichick type coaches. As good as Jack was, player friendly and what he did with us, and we had some good seasons there, I did not need a coach who um, uh, sort of worked in the middle of gray. I didn't need a coach who was in the middle. I needed black or white. So if I stepped on either side, I knew the consequences. There were moments where Jack would say, you would come in, hey, buddy, what's up? Yeah, everything's cool, and yada, yada, yada. The next day, he has an attitude for, yeah. for what? Like, I'm like, where's this guy who I just talked to yesterday? Like, something's not marrying up. Like, like what is going on? And he did it with everyone. And and I'm not knocking Jack. I would never say he was a bad coach because we went 12 and 4. I would agree totally. You know, do you you know, so we've we had some good he, success he, under Jack. Do do you remember when he took the ping pong tables out of the locker room and turned off the power? It's, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, like a father, you're a father, I'm a father. Let's, how can we get our children's attention? And I'm okay yeah. with that. Like, I'm okay with that because if I'm a leader, you're a leader, we're in there. You got some guys that don't know how to flip the switch. All right, I got to get your attention. I turn my kids' Wi-Fi off all the time. I'll turn their data off and send them to school. The only way you can activate- <laughs> I ain't mad at that, bro. You I have to mad. call I, me. I do that same stuff, but I will, I will right. turn that iPhone into a, a paperweight. Correct, so you have to call me. You got no action. Your data is gone. No internet <laughs> or games for you today. So I'm okay with that. But it was more of the uh, the, the subtle approaches in the the, the 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 gray areas where you know you come in there and one day it's buddy buddy hey what's up homie yep. you know and then the next day hey what's up homie the fuck you know like yeah. what like that <laughs> part i didn't like uh but everything else i can deal with jack like i didn't have <clears throat> i didn't have major problems with jack like we got along well i did my job i came to play coach tice was amazing for me you know he would pull me to the side it's like look I got Mercedes, I got George, I'm gonna have them do this today. I'm gonna have my veteran guys, I'm gonna talk shit to my veterans so the younger guys can get it. Like they would kind of tell me things that a bit of their coaching style. I just didn't agree with the gray areas, yep. but I think ultimately um, um, Jack was a, a, a decently good coach. 
I'm not going to say he was was a great coach because we didn't win the uh, the big game. I never agreed with the decision to put Leftwich back out there when he was hurt or hobbling, yep. and 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 remove David Garrard after we had won like five games in a row. And then we lost to the Patriots. Uh, I love be left to death, but I still think that he wasn't a hundred percent. I know what Byron's heart was. Byron's a winner. You know, yeah. we saw what he did at, at Marshall. He felt he can get it done. I think it um, disrupted some chemistry that we had with the run game and what Dave ability or what Dave was able to do with his abilities. And that was Jack's call. I didn't agree with that. And that sort of beat us up in the playoffs against the Pats when they were 0-7. Yeah. I mean, not 0-7, when they yeah. were undefeated yeah, uh, yeah, in that season, 0-7. I think they were undefeated. I believe that was that year, maybe 04. No, it was 07. Um, but yeah, man, um, I, I like Jack. You know, I don't have anything bad to say about Jack. See, the uh, word that I it's just that I fell about. in love with certain coaching styles. Yeah, see, me, the, the word I use about him was, I say the same, same thing. He was not a bad coach. He was just inconsistent and he was young and arrogant. That's the, that's right. the thing. But right. um, but now though, Fred, we got to get to the portion of the show. The Reister or wrong? Okay. I, actually, hold on. Damn it, I was supposed to say say, say something else first. Okay, hold on, hold on. Um, uh huh. Hey, you guys, that's Fred Taylor. There, uh, Fred. Thanks for coming on the show. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, now we got the segment. Oh yeah, it is time for Reister or wrong with Fred Taylor. Fred, are you ready to go? So I'm gonna ask you. So I'm gonna give you a statement, and then you okay. either tell me, "Am I Reister or am I wrong?" And then you can elaborate on it if you want to as well. All right. All right. Reister or wrong? Fred Taylor is one of the ten best running backs in NFL history. I'm top five. My numbers don't always say that, but I'm certainly top five. Reister. Right. Reister or wrong? The best athletes in the country are from the state of California. That is wrong as hell. What? <laughs> yes. You knew that, though. But you knew it. Like, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. But Florida, Florida, without a doubt. Oh, God. Come on, man. Do, do, do we need to tell you where all the quarterbacks come from? We got great athletes, our basketball players, everything else. Come on, Fred. Y'all, y'all You're talking about football, basketball. What are we talking about? You're talking Everything. about Everything. The best athletes, period. Fastest people come from Cali. The the best no. basketball players, best football no. players, all of that, man. No, no, no. We just don't no. have alignment. No, you guys got a lot of great athletes, but no. I think it's sort of spread around. Football, we dominate. You have you do produce quarterbacks. I give you that. We produce everything else um, on every level. Um, basketball, we have some greats. Florida isn't a basketball state, but we've had some amazing uh, talent in the state of Florida out of basketball. Yeah, but you look at the look at the population in the states. California big as hell. Hey, Come man. on! All we need is Southern Cali, and we find you one. Um, am I Reister or am I wrong? The University of Florida will win a national championship before the Miami Hurricanes and before the Florida State Seminoles. Yes, you are right, sir, in, in, in that. 
And I think if you also throw in the Oregon Ducks, we're going to win a championship before those three teams. Oh, oh Fred, you didn't have to do that, bro. You know, you, you see what's going on. You see what's going on. You know we will win a natty way before University of Florida. I'm no. Sorry, you know, I think the the, the best thing in, in, in Oregon right now is your running backs coach, my guy. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, no, nah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Florida's struggling, man. You know, uh, the NIL is recruiting is one thing, but when you couple that with the NIL, NIL and if you're not competitive, you know, there in that space, uh, it's going to be tough. The, the landscape of college football has changed so much. Um, you have to do a few things. You have to be competitive in the NIL space. But you also have to be a team that wins. You have to be in that final four every year because these players, uh, they go from, they go from, you know, uh, winning programs in high school potentially. They want to go straight to winning programs in college, namely winning programs that will give them an opportunity to get to the next level. Uh, Guys aren't necessarily uh, wasting a lot of time going to other programs. And then, then that's where the NIL kick in. Uh, if you can get an opportunity to go make a million dollars over four years, who's going to turn that down as a young guy? So you have to be competitive in the NIL. I said recruiting, that's more of the old way, but NIL is huge. Uh, you have to be successful. You have to be a Bama, a Georgia the consistent teams. Um, uh, uh, Caleb Williams almost brought back USC this year, you know, on a winning basis. Uh, but I thought what he did there was give that um, alumni base and that fan base and that booster base an opportunity to say, we could do this. We just got to get out there and make the right moves and get the right, right players in here because they got the money to do it but they just got to get out there and do it. Um, but I don't know, Florida, we have a big booster program. Uh, we have a, a good collective. We got to uh, uh, not shoot ourselves in the foot again and miss players. Um, and we got a coach. We got we, we, we to coach. Um, you've had a son drafted. In Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer songwriter and composer John Batiste the all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. 
Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now into the NFL, your kids play sports. I just dropped my oldest son off uh, to, to play college football. And tell me, am I right or am I wrong? Watching your kids play is more nerve-wracking than any game that you ever played in. I would agree to that. But there's also a subtleness where you understand the game and you see it a lot faster than the normal fan or the regular fan. So uh, when things happen, you're there and you kind of, you know, for me at the running back position, watch my son who's a running back, I always was kind of, you know, um, I was fine until he was under a pile too long or I would see a certain hit. And then the, 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 the parent in me would kick in because of the injury part. Like I, I can identify any injury. ACL, MCL, shoulders, uh, all those different things, hamstrings when they pull a hammy. So that part of it keeps me kind of on the edge. For the, but for the most part, I'm almost like a scout when I would go to my kids' games. Um, I would sit in the back. I would try to get in a quiet area uh, without the fans because I know that once I got in there, the fans were going to, hey, Fred, can I have an autograph? I'm trying to watch the game. Uh, <laughs> and I always yeah. uh, made a promise to myself that, one, when I retired, I wanted to tailgate. When I attended my kids' games, I wanted to tailgate. And I wanted to sit in the heat. I wanted to sit right in the middle where the craziest fan was and experience the game that way. Bumping, high, you know, high-fiving, all that stuff. I put myself right there. And when my kid was at Florida, man, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Seeing him run out of that tunnel reminded me of my time at Florida. Seeing him out there on the sideline, kicking it with his guys, you know, trying to get his attention. Now I'm the fan who's trying to get the <laughs> yeah. player's attention. Right. So um, it puts you in a special place, man. It makes you feel good. Yet you also understand that this is their career. You understand that is one percent of the guys are going to go on and be successful or be able to play in the NFL. So you kind of let them have their space, their time, and you root for them. You become their biggest fan, uh, but still some nerves out there. Uh, but yet at the same time, it's um, a lot of love, 
a lot of excitement, uh, a lot of uh, reinforcement, you know, trying to encouragement, you know, try to let them understand that, hey, it's just a sport. Uh, you can learn a lot more about life and yourself from this game than the game itself. So that was always my message to my boy uh, yeah. when I attended the games. Uh, final final one here, Fred. Um, <clears throat> Reister or wrong? Because we get caught up in, you know, you're getting ready to go to the Hall of Fame, hopefully, that football is so important. But Reister or wrong? The best part of your life was after – well, I'm sorry. Reister or wrong? The best part of your life has been after you have finished playing football. Um, jeez. I think you stumped me with this one, Joy. I, I think you, I don't know if the answer right or wrong on this one. Um, that, that reminds me of when we asked the fans, or well, not fans, it reminds me of when we asked our guests on the pivot, what's your biggest pivot? You know, that one moment where things sort of changed that, actually uh that made you the person you are today that's sort of our question on the pivot um and ryan's been asking it a lot lately of our guests um i'm stumped with that one because i had some amazing time as a player uh just developing relationships uh enjoying my teammates enjoying the game learning life the game taught me a lot you know, in my uh, years that I played football from Pop Warner, you know, I was I was garbage. I was awful. <laughs> you too. Hey, look, I was I was awful. I played tight end and D tackle. <laughs> I dropped three or four passes in the uh, in our championship game. We got beat 31 13 And that same field that I dropped all those passes on was Glades Day uh, High School was the school that my son went to who became the all-time leading rusher in the state oh, of Florida. Man. So when I would attend his games, I would look at that scoreboard, which was the same exact scoreboard <laughs> that <laughs> was there when I played Pop Warner. I was like, shit, like you suck. Uh, but I learned a lot. Again, it's about learning, right? Every phase was about learning. Um, so I hope you and parents I learned, heard that. I, I hope you parents I, heard that. I, I learned there, like, don't quit. I didn't quit. Because if I had quit then, because I dropped those passes and and I was considered sorry at the time, um, it we wouldn't be having this conversation. And then the next phase was high school. Uh, and we had somebody there that was better than me in high school. And uh, I had to play a different position. So that's, that taught me how to pivot. You know, I had to play another position. And I had to wait my turn, pivot and patience. So I waited my turn and I became the running back uh, in a year. I was the best player on the team, one of the best running backs in the entire country. I got scholarship offers from every school in the country and um, ended up choosing Florida. I went to Florida. Uh, I got into some stuff. I had some issues there uh, where I would do stuff that college guys do, got in some trouble. But through uh, the coach believing in me and perseverance, through my own mishaps, uh, it led me to the NFL. I was drafted ninth. Uh, 
I had my ups and downs, Fragile Fred. Uh, my career could have been over where the average life is three years. I played 13 years, fortunately. And that taught me a lot more about uh, uh, perseverance, discipline, motivation. It taught me about so much. Um, and those years were fun. Um, post, post, post football, I guess I'm getting to your answer. I'm trying to find my best way. I know I'm long-winded. Uh, post football, I always said I wanted to attack post career like I attacked uh, my NFL career. 87% of the guys when they're retired after before within three years are broke or divorced. That intrigued me to not be one of those guys. So that was a challenge and motivation all in the same breath. Uh, and I have not been one of those guys. I've been retired now for going on 13 years. Uh, and it's still part of my motivation. And it's yeah. been fun. It still had my ups and downs, you know, yeah. a lot of challenges in there. I wake up and say, damn, I ain't getting a uh, $500,000 check on Wednesday. So that's, that's, that's a big difference. Um, but it's fun. Um, I don't know. I guess, I guess I got to give you the Jack Del Rio answer and, and give you a gray, uh, sort of a gray answer and, and, and put it in the middle, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I, I can say it's been equally amazing. Uh, my playing career, uh, equally fun, my playing career and my post uh, post football career, because still at the end of it all, I'm learning, playing, retire or career change. I don't call it retirement, career change. Uh, I'm still learning and I try and use those things that happen to me in life and those messages that I acquire and I try and give it back you know, to everybody that I come across, especially the young people. And that part's fun. I love that. Um, yeah, the right or wrong, sir, that one, that one stumped me. But that's my answer. That's my answer for you. Uh, that's right or wrong. He's Fred Taylor. Fred, thanks for coming on, man. My pleasure, brother, man. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate the backside seven techniques getting across, giving hey, me an opportunity that. to cut back and take it 50 or 60. I appreciate hey, you, bro. Man, man, I got that ten thousand uh, poster still. When that you... was a good. That was a good. That was a good day. Eleven, eleven, oh seven in Tennessee. Uh, what was that? Uh, I forget the name. Of, it ain't Nissan Stadium. Is it Nissan Stadium? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It, it yeah. was Nissan Stadium then. Yeah. So there in uh, in Tennessee against one of my most hated uh, teams in the NFL, man. Uh, a lot of good moments. We needed 11 yards to make it happen. We're on an inside zone. Went and gave Chris Hope the business. Shout out, Chris Hope, man. I love you. We had a lot of good matchups. It's just that uh, you lost that one. I'm, I'm sorry, bro. <laughs> uh, but we did it, George, man. We we, yeah. we did it. That That's that's a milestone, bro. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Appreciate it, bro. Yes, sir. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. 
the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.